welcome to our very first Making Sense with Nydia podcast episode. This podcast is a podcast that I wanted to make so that we as friends and acquaintances and family could share our experiences, stories, questions, and concerns. I actually wanted to start the podcast because I thought, I wonder if my friends feel the same way about X. And I began talking to you guys on Instagram and a lot of you guys would reply. And I just thought, hmm, maybe we could just all come together and talk about all our opinions and questions, concerns, like I said. So that's what we're going to be doing here on this podcast. And I want it to be some a place where we interact and we come together to share it all. I want to open up a space so that all of you can feel comfortable and sharing your experiences with me with us really, because we're all going to be here listening to it. And with that being said, welcome to the first episode. Let's get it. Make sure you are following the podcast on Instagram. It is at making sense with Nydia. That way, whenever we're going to transition into the next episode, I have all of you guys on there and you know what the question is, you know what the topic is, and you get to share your opinion, experience, question, whatever it is. That is how I'm going to keep it for now. Um, If it gets too busy, I will have an email and then we'll go from there. But for now, Instagram is the way to go. So last week, I asked you to vote on your favorite topic. I gave four options, and this one won uh, pretty close to a different one, but this one was the winner. The question is, what is something an adult said to you as a child or young kid that affected you or your decisions? This was actually my take on a Twitter question that I saw a while back, and it was something negative that an adult told you. I wanted it to be whatever you wanted. It could be something funny, untrue, um, deep, negative, whatever. And you guys delivered. So every single person that I'm going to mention, even the anonymous, I want to say thank you very much for sharing with me and us. Um, It takes a lot, I think, for people to have the courage to share something personal and giving me the permission to share it with everybody else. So I'm very appreciative of that. So my first one is actually a funny one. My mother told me as a child, like really young, I think I was like under 10, that the speed limit was a suggestion. And as long as you were not going five No, as long as you were under the five. So like if the speed limit was 45, you could go up to 50. Anything anything over that and the police officer would have to pull you over. And so I went my whole life believing that was true. And I didn't find out it wasn't true until my fiance got pulled over when we first started dating. And she was only going, I think, one or two above the speed limit. And I told her like, that's wrong. And she's like, no, it's the speed limit. And I told her, uh, that's a suggestion. 
She's like, uh, no, it's not. And I literally remember asking my mom, like, mom, what the fuck? I've literally gone my whole life thinking that the fucking speed limit was a suggestion. And she's just laughed and said, oh, I just told you that because I was going over the speed limit and you were asking me why I was going over the speed limit. I just sat there thinking, well, first of all, why the fuck did I even care? Because I speed 24-7. And second of all, why did she never correct me? It was a good one, though. I have to give it to her. That was my example of something that was untrue. I had a friend, Yesenia, actually gave me one. And hers is a funny one, too. She said her grandpa told her as a young child that Santa died in the war. Santa went to a whole ass war and died. That's a good one. Her grandpa also told her that if you drink coffee with creamer, you will grow a brown mustache. If you drink it black, then you get a black mustache. This was said to her specifically so she would not drink coffee at a young age. First of all, her grandpa is hilarious. Second of all, again, I have to go back to Santa going to war. I mean, they drafted his ass? Like, that was a good one. I thought that was so funny because I don't think I've ever heard that one telling your children that Santa went to war, so Santa is not real anymore, or Santa's dead. It's good shit. I like that one. That one brings me to another thing my mom told me, which is a lot more elaborate than the one I just told you. This next one kind of makes me mad because my mother lied so hard and so good to me that I believed in Santa until I was like 13. My mother made an elaborate story about how Santa came one day, one of the days, one of the Christmases, I was really young. I think I was like seven years old. And she said that I woke up in the middle of him coming inside to put the presents in. And my mom was up waiting for him, of course. And he was like, oh my God, you know, she's awake. So he talked to me. He asked me what I wanted for Christmas, blah, blah, blah. Then he said that he, I had to go back to sleep. So he blew magic dust in my face and I instantly fell asleep and he carried me to my bed. So the next morning I said to my mom, okay, I don't remember any of this. And she said, that's what the magic dust was for so that you wouldn't remember anything. And now your presents are there. You don't remember anything. Like she was so good. She was so good. She could have been an actress. I ate that shit up so good. And I believed in Santa until I was 13. And the reason why I even stopped believing in him or came to the realization that he wasn't real is because our teacher asked who, no, she didn't ask who here believes in Santa. She said, how old were you when you stopped believing in Santa? And I was like doing a double take. Whoa, ma'am. What did you just say? And all the kids were like shouting out numbers like 10, 8. And I'm like, I'm still at Santa's not real. Are you fucking kidding me? He put my ass to sleep. And I went home and I asked my mom and my mom was like, 
well, you have to keep believing in Santa. <sighs> Y'all, she was so good. She was so good. When I have children, if I ever have children, I'm going to do the same thing because I had a wonderful like memory of Santa and what it meant. So it was a good one and I appreciate that one, but I was embarrassed that I was 13 and I still believed Santa was real. It was it was pretty embarrassing. With that being said, my mother gave me some great ones, but she also gave me one that kind of shaped me to who I am today slash what I believe in strongly. Uh, she was one of the first ones to really made me think like, whoa, what's going on here? This is wrong. So um, I'm not going to go into details exactly what led to this because that calls for its own episode, which I will do because I believe it's very important. But when I was about 16 years old, I, um, I got uh, felt on by this creep at the bus stop and I was freaking out and I called my stepdad and he met me once I got into the bus and got to my next bus stop, he met me at that bus stop and he was already calling the cops and uh, once the cops got there, you know, I, oh, I'm sorry, I got home and the cops were there. And I told them what happened. And they said they would go to that area and just regulate it for the next few days, which they did. Uh, but after I was done giving my um, statement to the police officers, I talked to my mom and my mom was like, what happened? You know, because I talked to them in English and I had to talk to my mom in Spanish. And then she was so upset but she was upset at me. She said to me, well, that's what happens when you wear a skirt. Why are you wearing a skirt to school? And why, when you know the area, you shouldn't be wearing a skirt. That's what happens when girls wear like short skirts. I felt like I had gotten slapped in the face. I, first of all, my skirt was not short. And secondly, I had never had that issue before. Um, but most importantly, at the time, I did not realize that it wasn't my fault. She said that to me. She's my mother. I was panicked. I couldn't believe what had just happened. And the first thing she said to me was not like, are you okay? You know, like, no, it was her being mad at the fact that I was wearing a skirt. So that made me feel like I don't even remember how I felt because right after that, literally like minutes after that, my neighbor asked me what happened. Why were the police officers here? She was very nosy, but she was also very cool. So I told her what happened and I was like, on the verge of tears because now I was like, it was my fault. And I remember saying to her, you know, it's because I was wearing this fucking skirt and she was like so pissed off at me. And she, but not, not necessarily at me, but just at what I had just said to her. And she goes, don't you fucking say that. Don't you dare say that. You could have been standing there naked and he, would have came up to you. And if he touched you, it is all his fault. You have to give consent. And that was the first time I was 16. 
that was the first time someone had ever told me that women have to give consent. I'm sorry, not just women. We have to give consent. And I couldn't believe what she had said. I was so like taken aback. I remember like, I think she even said, looked at me like, let me repeat it again, because I was speechless. So my mother told me something negative, but then minutes later, my neighbor, who at the time I didn't even really like that much because she was kind of annoying, gave me my first real feminist lecture. And I am so grateful that she said that to me because I needed that at the time. And it was so good to hear that it wasn't my fault. And it was nice to learn about consent. So thank you to her. And I don't even remember her name, but I remember I remember her daughter's name, but I don't remember her name. But yeah, that was um, that was the start of who I am today or what I believe in today with my very strong feminist uh, beliefs. No, feminist ways. Continuing with the subject of what shapes us and, well, how things can shape us. Um, my friend actually wrote in to me and said, my mom's number one rule in the house was always not to cry. We get hurt, get over it. Break up, get over it. The only time we were allowed to cry was because of death. If you'd cry because of anything else, it would be no llores, nadie se murió, which translates to don't cry, no one has died. It's affected me because I feel ashamed of wrong crying. Even with my wife, I have severe depression and I have really bad crying episodes and I'd rather go lock myself in the restroom because I was made to believe it is wrong. Another example, I sliced my finger open a month ago. I called my mom to help me stop bleeding. It was a lot of blood. And the first thing she says, no llores, which translates to don't cry. It hurt like hell and it was still not okay. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. When I read this, I literally wanted to just cry slash hold her and just uh, it touched my heart because I am a crier, a big crier. And Denise, there's nothing better than to cry about something that's stressing you and have your significant other hold you and just tell you it's going to be okay or hear you out and say I know or whatnot. So I, that's the first thing I think about, like, you have to practice that because locking yourself away and crying by yourself, crying in general is good. But if you could share that experience with your wife, that would be great, not just for you, but I know that would be great for her. Crying is a beautiful thing. I have panic attacks. And when I cry after, like when I have the panic attack and I feel like I'm about to have this heart attack and die and then the tears come, ah, it feels so good. I sleep like a fucking baby after that. It's so, 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 so good. And I actually, I already kind of knew this, but I wanted to look up facts and I looked it up. Um, 
And according to Dr. Orloff from Psychology Today, emotional tears have special health benefits. Biochemist and tear expert Dr. William Frey at the Ramsey Medical Center in Minneapolis discovered that reflex tears are 98% water, whereas emotional tears also contain stress hormones that get excreted. Excreted? Excreted? I'm not sure. From the body through crying. Dr. Frey found that emotional tears shed, those, shed these hormones and other toxins that accumulate during stress. Additional studies also suggest that crying stimulates the production of endorphins, our body's natural painkiller, and feel-good hormones. So, crying is good. It benefits you, and it's a natural reaction to something. You shouldn't have to feel ashamed or embarrassed, and you shouldn't have to wait until somebody dies. You guys, please normalize crying and don't feel ashamed if you shed a few tears or if you have a crying fit. It's normal and it's a good thing. And science says it's needed and it reduces that stress, which is probably why I sleep like a baby after a panic attack. Again, thank you, Denise, for sharing. I really appreciate you opening up, and I really hope that you will look into it, research it more, and just put it into your head. Like if you research and you look at the benefits and you keep remember reminding yourself of that every single day, then you can normalize that thinking um, that tears are good and crying doesn't have to wait until there's a death. But again, thank you so much for sharing. Our next sharer is choosing to remain anonymous. Um, they wrote in about adults fat shaming kids. And this is a great one to touch on because uh, they pointed out how fat shaming led them to feel uncomfortable around these around these adults and have self-conscious uh, thoughts around them. And not want to come around, which makes sense, you know. I think this is this is gonna sound kind of bad, but when you're a child and you know you have your like little cousins that are your age and your schoolmates, and you guys all joke around and you guys call each other things, that's expected. Um, if you're being, you know, called something, uh among your friends, that's kind of normal, that's expected. And a lot of the times we can brush it off. But if you're being told by adults, uh, especially at a young age, like fat, if you're being fat shamed at a young age by an adult, it's going to leave a scar. And I don't think I'm innocent from this, because in my household, we grew up kind of making fun of each other. Um, and using nicknames that point something negative in you. And I want to say this is really just like a Mexican household thing. And so I can understand where this comes from. And that's why I say I'm not innocent. I've used loving terms, supposedly, but really, they're not, they're insensitive, like calling somebody like a gordita or gordito, it's insensitive, but we use it a lot as nicknames and it's a loving term in our words, in our culture, but it it's not healthy. So adults 
watch what you're saying around children, even though if you think it's funny and you think they're just being sensitive, we do have to take into account that we are all different and they might feel differently than the than how you are perceiving it. So let's be careful of what we're saying to these kids, even when it's coming from a good place. When really, if we're fat shaming, it really isn't coming from a good place. Thank you to Anonymous for sharing. I really appreciate it. Okay, you guys, we've reached to our last one. I wanted to end it here because this is a message for all of us. My friend Kim said her dad always said to her, always be there for yourself. No one will take better care of you than you. Don't ever let a man give you something you couldn't give yourself. She said this made her work twice as hard and made her develop an independent mind at a young age. You guys, this is so important. Allowing your children to develop an independent mind at a young age is it should be a goal. And I'll get this in an, I'll, I'll get into this in a different episode, but I know a few parents who have 18-year-olds and they're still holding their hands for everything. Like I said, I'll get I'll get into it into a different episode. But I can relate to this because I was taught at a young age to be independent and Kim is a bad bitch and she always reminds me that I can do it all and she always is there for me in that manner. Like when I need somebody to hype me up or I need somebody to remind me that I got this shit, that's what she's there for. And this is great advice. I feel like I understand now why she's so determined. She is a hard worker and she... She's now a nurse, but I know when she was going to school, it was difficult, but she was so determined. So I appreciate you, Kim, for sharing this with us. It's a great, it's, they are great advice. So with that, I want to end the show and say thank you all for sharing with us. Thank you for supporting me on this new journey. I am so excited and I can't wait to continue to do different topics and have you guys all share. Um, make sure that you're on Instagram following the podcast, which is at Making Sense with Nydia and my own Instagram at Nydia Awesome, because that is where we talk and that is where I tell you what the next topic is and we vote on the next topic. So just make sure you're following. I can't wait to do this again and talk with you all again. Again, thank you for listening. I'll see you guys. I'll see you guys. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye.